0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Greetings, everyone, and thank you for joining me for another episode of House of Thrones. Today, we're going to talk about episode five and what occurred in this episode called We Light the Way. This episode really epitomizes what a slow burn is. It builds up and builds up, and then right towards the end, you see it all begin to erupt. And now what's going to happen after episode 5 is we're going to be doing a, uh, a character switch, meaning the actresses who are playing Alicent and Rainera, are going to be switched. And there's a lot of people who are kind of worried about that, but for me, it is a crucial part of the story. You can't have... Uh, little Millie running around being Rainera, considering what Rainera's future holds. We know that she's a mother, and a whole bunch of other stuff. I don't want to get too deep because of spoilers, but I think it was the right way to go about it for the creators of the show. Now we'll have to see how the new actresses handle these roles, but my guess is, they're going to hit it out of the park. HBO has done a phenomenal job when it comes to casting this show, Game of Thrones, and other shows. So I don't see why it would be any different here. Now, this episode, like I said, was just a very, very slow burn. And anytime you're dealing with Westeros or anything to do with Game of Thrones or a Song of Ice and Fire, and you're at a wedding and you start hearing some drums, you know shit is about to kick off. But before we get there, let's start at the beginning and how the episode kicked off. The episode starts out over in the veil and we see... Lady Rhea Royce, riding on her horse with her cousin. So Lady Rhea rides ahead a little bit of her cousin, and who is waiting for her? None other than Daemon Targaryen. Now remember, he doesn't want to be married to her. He calls her his bronze bitch, says that the sheep are more attractive than the women of the Vale, and he wants to be single. He wants to chase his own pursuits, and we know that he has a thing for Rhaenyra as well. So we see him show up here, and he looks like, you know, Anakin Skywalker with the, uh, the hood pulled over his head. And he walks towards the horse as Lady Rhea is on it. And inevitably, the horse rears back after Damon startles the horse. Rhea falls and is paralyzed. Well, Damon's about to just leave and walk away when she calls him a coward. He turns around, picks up a rock, and, well, bashes her head in. Now, what this does for Damon, it opens up a whole new world for him, right? He can go find a new wife. He can try and push his way in on Rhaenyra, or whoever else he might want to be with. Because he certainly didn't want to be with Lady Rhea. At the same time, or close to the same time as this is happening, it then flips over to the Valerians who are talking about their son Lanor and his betrothal to Rhaenyra. And how it's a very, very dangerous proposition for their son and for the family in general, considering that it's going to be a contentious um, coronation, a contentious succession, and like Rainey said, knives will come out. Well, they're talking about their son and how he feels about uh, Rainera, and Corliss says, you know, there is a they're they're very familiar with each other, and Rainey's very smartly says well the familiar the being familiar is not the problem right the problem is that leonor doesn't really like girls he has a uh, a taste for goose if you will and as far as as far as corliss is concerned that's not going to be a problem he can change and this that the other thing but Rain, uh, Rainies knows that leonor is what he is and that he's in love with uh, with sir joffrey Lawnmoth. That is, who he wants to be with. Now, obviously, he'll do his duty and marry Rainera. but Rhaenys is under no, you know, spell or impression that he's going to automatically become heterosexual when that happens. She's more concerned about what this is going to bring for the family moving forward, considering the lines that are going to be drawn. There's going to be a large segment of the population of Westeros that want Egon as the king. So... Knives will come out, like Rainey said, and she doesn't want to see her son get hurt. However, the thought of having their kid on the throne is enough for them to get behind this idea. Now, the king comes in to meet with the Valerians, and they're talking about this whole thing. And um, Lord Corlys, he wants his grandchildren to carry his family's name. And the king agrees as long as they change their last name to Targaryen, once the kids become king or queen. That way the Targaryen dynasty continues to go on. He says to Lord Corlys, he's like, would you have me just destroy the Targaryen dynasty because my daughter is the queen? And after some back and forth, some uh, negotiations, it is something that Lord Corlys is willing to acquiesce to. He feels like that, This is a good compromise. The fact that he's going to have his his grandchildren, his spawns on the throne eventually, is good enough for him. So he agrees to what King Viserys is saying here, and the marriage is locked in. Rhaenyra and Laenor will unite the Valyrian houses. We then see a scene of Laenor and Rhaenyra walking on the beach. And they're basically negotiating what their future relationship is going to look like. They both have lovers. We know that Rainera has Sir Kristen Cole as her lover, her paramour, basically. And we know that Laenor has uh, Joffrey Lonmouth as his. So both of them have paramours, people that they want to be sleeping with. And they know that their marriage is just a duty of state, basically. So as they're walking on the uh, beach, they come to a compromise. And the compromise is that they'll have their union and they'll do their duty, but they'll be able to live their separate lives still and engage in the carnal pleasures of the embrace of their paramours. And both of them are down with this. And so is Sir Joffrey Lonmouth. Now, Kristen Cole, however, that's a different story. He wanted to elope with Rainera. He wanted to leave and go sail the seas of Essos with Rhaenyra and Rainera is not having it she says look I am the crown I can't just leave and now what happens is we have Kristen Cole who is a jilted lover right somebody who is now mad at Raynera and has an axe to grind because she spurred his advances she does not want to be with him in that manner well back at King's Landing Allison doesn't have much going on besides watching the babies and hanging out at the Red Keep and waiting for Viserys and her, step- uh, and, and her stepdaughter to come back from uh, the, the wedding. So she's just hanging out, enjoying herself. She has some free time. And she's thinking about her father's last words and auto-leaving and all of that good stuff. And she's knowing that things are going in a direction that might not be the direction that she wants them to go. And she's thinking about her father's warning here about how Egon is going to be in danger by Reynera after the succession. And that's when uh, Clubfoot, Larry Strong, shows up. Now, for people who are wondering who is going to be manipulating and behind the scenes making things happen, let me introduce you to the Clubfoot. Larry Strong is one of the most political animals in this whole entire story. And he's going to be behind the scenes, manipulating, making things move, and acting in the capacity that you see in this episode. Remember, Larry Strong is telling uh, Alicent about the moon tea and just whispering sweet little nothings in her ear to plant the seeds. And we see that's exactly what happens. And as we move forward in this story... Larry Strong is going to be involved in a whole lot of that stuff, folks. Get ready. Buckle up. So, Allison, with what she had heard from her father, and now with what she had heard from Larry's, uh, Larry Strong, decides to call Kristen Cole into her bedchamber to ask Kristen Cole about what happened with Damon. Well, things don't go exactly the way that Allison thought they would, because Kristen Cole admits that Raynera did have relations with somebody, but it wasn't Damon. It was Kristen Cole himself. So now he is basically at Allison's mercy, right? And when you give yourself over to one of the royals such as this, you're going to be used as a tool moving forward. And now Kristen Cole, who throws himself upon Allison's mercy, and Allison is merciful. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Allison now knows that Raynera can't be trusted and that she lied to her once and she'll lie to her again. And as her uh, husband, the king, as his health continues to decline, her father's prophecy is looking more and more like it's going to tell the story. Now, back to King Viserys we saw that he was seasick on the boat heading on over to set this all up with the Valerians. But was it that he was seasick, or is he just ill? We know that he's suffering severely, and he's getting sicker and sicker each episode. So is it he was seasick, or something much, much more serious? And it certainly looks like it's something much more serious. Now, King Viserys, he planned on hosting this uh, welcome-in feast for his daughter's wedding, and they planned on a seven-day celebration. Well, things didn't go exactly how they planned. Now, remember, up until this point, Damon hasn't been in the picture. He had to leave. Viserys kicked him out of court after the situation with Reynera and he went to the veil. Vale. Well, now he's back because there's a royal wedding. So when he walks in, the crowd goes silent, wondering what Viserys is going to do. Well, Viserys, in typical Viserys form, kicks a chair over for him, and Damon gets a place at the table. Well, that signals the rest of the chaos that's about to follow. Because as we all know, anytime you hear drums in a Game of Thrones show, especially at a wedding, you know that chaos is about to follow. Rhea's cousin, who is at this feast, sees that Damon shows up and walks over to confront Damon about what happened to his cousin. And he's, you know, throwing around all of these accusations and talking about what happens at the Vale. And Damon says to him, well, in a place like King's Landing, people have to defend their allegations. Even an old, disgusting man like you, basically is what he said. He used the C word, but I uh, I won't use that one here on the podcast. We'll keep it family friendly. And the man, obviously, is not willing to do that. So as all of this is happening, we start to see that there is a little something else cracking off inside of the hall. And inside of the hall, we have uh, Joffrey Lonmouth, who is talking to Sir Kristen Cole about them both being paramours and how they both know a secret. And you can tell in Kristen Cole's face, he is not happy about what's going on. Old boy is a true knight, right? A knight of the Kingsguard. And he doesn't want to see his honor sullied any further than it already has been. Now at the same time, Damon is talking to Raynera and they're talking about how if Damon wants Raynera's hand, he should just kill Lenor. Well at the same time this is happening, a whole ass ruckus breaks out, and there's a fight happening. And it's a Lawnmoth, Joffrey Lawnmoth, and um Sir Kristen Cole. And they are battling it out. Well, I guess you should say Sir Kristen Cole is whipping that ass. And as he's whipping his ass, Lanor is trying to get to him. But he is being battered and buffeted away from the fight. Well, after a few minutes goes on and the fight continues to drag out, Sir Kristen Cole ends up killing Sir Joffrey Lonmouth. And this is going to spell big trouble moving on in the future. Also, one part that I forgot here was Queen Allison walking into the room. Another very, very important part. You see, when House Hightower calls their banners to go to war, they do so by having the Hightower shine green. So when Allison walks in wearing the green, she's basically letting people know that she's going to war. She has called her banners and there is a war within the court. And it is a very, very significant part of this episode and part of this story moving forward considering that the sides are going to be broken up into the greens and into the reds so that's where we're at as of now folks this is a very very slow burn and this is going to conclude the younger versions of Alicent and Rainera. so next week's episode we'll have two new actresses playing those roles but the drama, and the inner house problems are only growing, and the smoldering is now becoming a three-alarm fire. That's going to do it for this episode. If you'd like to contact me, you can do that at Bobby Capucci at protonmail.com. That's B-O-B-B-Y-C-A-P-U-C-C-I at protonmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter at B-O-B-B-Y underscore C-A-P-U-C-C-I. The link that I discussed can be found in the description box.